This episode is brought to you by Get Out Pass Colorado. Each pass comes with free entry to over 45 venues all across the state, many of which include iconic Colorado destinations like Elitch Gardens, Waterworld, and Monarch Mountain Resort. The one-time yearly fee also means statewide access to amazing venues like indoor rock climbing, bowling, trampoline parks, yoga, and everything in between. Seriously, it's awesome. We love our Get Out Passes because they give us access to all of the activities at least once and some even multiple times per year. It's the ultimate bundle of savings for all your family adventures. The pass costs about $150 a year, but with our special promo code, ColoradoLife40, you can get it for less than $110. That's a $40 savings. Just go to getoutpass.com Colorado and use your exclusive code ColoradoLife40 to save $40 instantly. Do you know what a 14er is? There are 53 14ers in Colorado, which are mountains that rise more than 14,000 feet above sea level. That's more than any other state in the continental U.S., and it shouldn't surprise anybody that it's a lot cooler up there. To be ranked, a peak must rise at least 300 feet above the saddle, which connects to another nearby 14er. This guideline has been in Colorado for some time, but if we were to ignore that, there would actually be 58 points in Colorado higher than 14,000 feet. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. Ironically enough, we are recording this episode after we just had a major snowstorm, which, by the way, ruined many of the trees in our yard and are having to clean up that. So we're not really feeling the Colorado heat just yet, but today's topic is all about the best summer activities for beating the heat here in Colorado. Because we don't get a lot of humidity here, but we do get a ton of sun and it can be really dry. So it helps to have a plan for staying cool and finding some shade once summer does arrive here in Colorado. So the first tip, and it's kind of the obvious one, but it's not usually the one that you would think of of Colorado. When you think about Colorado, usually the first thing that comes to mind is skiing and mountains. But you usually don't think of water. So there's a couple places here in Colorado to actually get onto the water and really cool off. Because we lived so close to the Boulder Reservoir, this one's the top of our list. It's really fun. The Boulder Reservoir has a couple fees to get in per person. It's usually between four and seven bucks. So you can just like jam your wife and kids in the back and Pretend that you're just as a party of one. <laughs> Bring your dog and just be your dog and yeah, you. Yeah, me and my dog, yeah. But it does include like runners and walkers and cyclists. You, everybody who tries to get in has to pay, you know, a small fee. But I think it's totally worth it. Yeah, it is. And you can really go out there to uh, not necessarily just even do the water stuff. Just get near the water and you'll stay cool. You can just go there for a picnic or you can even go there to just like hang out underneath one of their giant pavilions. But... To actually get on the water, there is a shoreline with a nice swimming and sandy beach. There's picnic tables, there's canoes and sailboats that you can rent, and even kayaks. But that is usually an additional charge. But if you really want to get out there and be on the water, this is an awesome place to go. And even stand-up paddle boards, too. They have lots of activities you can do on the water there. I don't know how those people do those paddle boards. I mean... You gotta be in shape, for sure. Yeah, I would just... I feel like I'd get on it and just... Plop right on over. <laughs> I'd get back up, plop right on over. Yep. Uh, so the next one that we really do enjoy to go to, 
we actually went up here on our anniversary a couple years ago, is the uh, Lake Dillon Reservoir. That's up near Frisco and Silverthorne, Colorado. The world's highest deep water marina. It has 25 miles of shoreline, and it's a really good place to get up there and boat. Yeah, it's really good for boating, and you can also rent. You know, there's other rentals and stuff there for boating at the Dillon Marina. But I will say that it is still pretty chilly, even during the warmer months. So I would probably go, you know, right in the middle of summer when it's really, really hot, and, and the water's very cold, um, and it still gets a good amount of wind and, and different stuff like that, too. So just something to think about when you go there. Yeah, the, the water is all fed by snowmelt, so... It's chilly. Yeah, it's pretty chilly no matter what. So going back to Boulder, there's actually a Boulder Creek, which is really fun for people. They actually float down in tubes. You can also surf the rapids in kayaks or just sort of dip your toes in it or whatever. Of course, there are lots of picnic options at the nearby parks right at the base of the mountains. They're really pretty. Um, lots of rolling hills. And, you know, you can see obviously the beautiful mountain there next to the creek, which is really picturesque. The tubing season runs from May to August, um, depending on obviously the flows in Boulder Creek. We've gotten a ton of snow. Uh, and water and rain this year. So the Boulder Creek is quite high. Um, during peak runoff, usually between like May and June, the water is much colder and faster um, and then kind of mellows out later in the summertime. So, And weren't you hanging out downtown one time and it just happened to be on the same day that they had tube to work day and oh, you yeah. saw a bunch of jabronis? Yes, I saw a bunch of people in like professional work attire, suits and whatnot, and they put on waterproof gear or, or you know, those big waders or, or rain jacket stuff, and they tubed down the Boulder Creek to their work. So, funny story there. I'm only in Boulder, I swear. I know. <laughs> so, less than two hours south of Denver lies the Pueblo Reservoir, which is actually the one I used to go to as a child a lot. It was like the place to go in southern Colorado for any sort of water activities. And it's actually much bigger than any of the other ones that I've mentioned because there's the way that it's shaped and there's a ton of like canyons and ways that it comes in that you can really disappear and find a nice like hidden place without any people there. It's pretty awesome and it's pretty huge. And this is where a lot of the boating activities are. Um, but it also has campgrounds and fire pits and a really big marina. So if you want to like come here and camp out, it's a really awesome place to do just that, to be on the water. And lots of playgrounds and stuff for kids to do as well. It's really spacious. Yeah. So kind of going back, similar to the Dillon Reservoir is Grand Lake, which is kind of north central Colorado. Um, again, it's up in the mountains. And it is actually the western gateway to Rocky Mountain National Park. And it happens to be Colorado's deepest and largest naturally occurring lake. Um, because it's in the mountains, it makes it a really awesome place to bike, to hike. You can even take your ATV and go around on the outside. But what I would do here is hike, for sure. Yeah, it's really picturesque because you have the mountains right there with this awesome body of water. And you can get some really great pictures there if, you know, and obviously hiking around too. It makes it really amazing. Yes, and always fishing. Fishing is so cool, especially if you can do it at a naturally occurring lake because you can find some native Colorado fish like trout and stuff. That's true. Yeah. Colorado loves their trout. They do. Isn't that the state fish? It is a rainbow trout, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
So some other things that are just to mention, um, and these are really good places to go fly fishing or regular fishing, but kayaking and uh, whitewater rafting is to get on some rivers. There's not a huge amount of rivers in Colorado, but there are a few, and they'll usually be up in the mountains or at least fed by them, so they're going to be colder again. And they're pretty good sized too. Yeah. So there's the Blue River, which is, again, up north a little bit, but this one is known for its very blue water. And if you look at the pictures, it's it's pretty blue. It's really nice. It's um you're going right through kind of a the center of two mountains, so you feel kind of closed in. So there's also the Arkansas River, which is down south and it's a little bit further east. Uh this is more of like a meandering river at the places that you will be, and it's actually the river that feeds the Pueblo Reservoir that we mentioned before. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then there's the Colorado River, which I actually don't know if Colorado is named after the river or is the river named after Colorado. Hmm. Colorado River Inception. Oh, Colorado Inception. <laughs> then there's the Fraser River, which is up near Fraser slash Winter Park, Colorado, which is a major ski destination. This is actually what I would say to go to to do some fly fishing. It's that nice shallow water that you can just wade out into. And I did fly fishing up in Seattle, and I haven't done it since being up there, but I loved it. It was really fun. We've talked a lot about different bodies of water and different things to do on the water, but let's say that I'm not into water or that I've already done that or I want to explore other things. What are some other suggestions or other towns that we can explore? Get up in the air. It's Colorado's known for its mountains, so go to some of the mountain towns. And I'm not sure if you knew what the formula is, but for every 1,000 feet that you go up, the temperature cools by 3.3 degrees. So if you are down at the bottom of a mountain and you know that your destination's up there and you know how tall it is, you probably guess the temperature. Hmm. So the higher up you go, the cooler it gets. Yes. So that's why we are going into some mountain towns yeah. now. Perfect. This is one that's pretty popular, and it's a pretty big tourist destination, and a lot of people do know about it, but it's called Telluride, Colorado. And the summertime highs are usually no more than in the low 80s, and the nights are just around the 50s. Um, like I said, this is a real iconic place for people to go because of how beautiful it is. Mm -hmm. It is really awesome for hiking. It is actually surrounded by 14,000-foot peaks, and it actually was the finale destination for the season of Top Chef Colorado. So they have some pretty good food scene happening there. Yeah, really good restaurants. It's got a, it's a real small town, not really crowded, really beautiful scenery. Definitely highly recommend. Yes. Another really great place to visit to escape the heat is Ure. Ure? Ure. Ure. All right. I'm not from Colorado. Give me a break. <laughs> Literally, this town is surrounded by huge mountain peaks, and so that helps the temperatures stay milder in the summer. Um, it's deep in the San Juan Mountains, which is often referred to as the Switzerland of America. Um, in the wintertime, if you want to, you can also enjoy the local hot springs there, but, you know, we wouldn't necessarily recommend that if you're trying to escape the heat. That's true. So Silverton, Colorado is in the southwest part of the state, and it's another pretty big uh, tourist destination because of the train that actually goes between Silverton and Durango. It's way up in the mountains, and it seldom gets above the 70s. And another thing that going to, with it being cold, it actually gets 150 inches of snow a year. So that's a lot. Clearly, kind of a chilly place. It's like an older town too. Kind of feels like you've been stepping. You're stepping back in time. It's quintessential because like everybody has white picket fences and mm -hmm. it's it's really cute and like the church is like 
the only large structure. It's neat. <laughs> Next up on our recommendations of places to visit in the mountains is Creed, Colorado. And this is actually the last silver mining boom town in the state. The downtown area has lots of different buildings that are still standing from the 1890s, and so it's very picturesque. It also has these towering cliffs that completely frame the town and surround it, so it's a really great place to escape, and you really feel like you're in the mountains. Another cool thing about Creed is because of the it was the last uh, silver mining boomtown, it is actually the most well-preserved, so a lot of the structures around there will be a lot of old abandoned mines that you can go, don't go in there, that would be probably very dangerous, but <laughs> you can go see the history or take some tours. It's, it's neat if that's your total t- type of jam. Yeah, it's very architectural and historic. And I know that this is one of your all-time favorite places to be here in Colorado. This is the wildflower capital of Colorado, and that is Crested Butte, not but. Looks like Crested Butt. But it's Crested Butte. (laughs) Crusted Butt. (laughs) It's the wildflower capital of of the state, and it's really beautiful. Um, It has lots of different plants and trees, if you're into that, which I am. And it's actually one of the places we love going to visit in the autumn because of the leaves changing and all the different kinds of flowers and plants. Um, It's much cooler in all the seasons as well. Crested Butte. Crested Butt. No. (laughs) So if getting up into the mountains isn't really your thing, or you kind of want to just stay nearby and do a day trip, one thing I definitely suggest is go to museums. They're usually not too expensive. They're giant air-conditioned things. So it's another really good way to beat the heat. So take the kids, take the family, and go to museums and learn something. And the great thing about Colorado is that they actually have some awesome museums. Lots of different things that you can see, and a variety of different topics and subjects you can learn about. And they're all along the front range, like all in the major cities. So Denver has the Museum of Nature and Science, and we have been there. Um, We actually love it. So let's talk about a little bit of our favorites there. First off, I have a story, and this is kind of funny. When I was like two, my parents took me there to go see all of the exhibits, and there was a giant sloth statue, so ancient prehistoric creature that hasn't existed for thousands of years. And I was like looking up at it, kind of scared. And apparently my dad came running around the corner and scared the crap out of me. And I had nightmares for years, and my mom claims that is very nearly how they got divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yes, the Museum of Nature and Science has a lot of prehistoric history, and they display a lot of the evolution of life on Earth, and they have dinosaur skeletons and large fossils and all kinds of cool stuff like that. One of my all-time favorite exhibits that we have actually um, been to recently was the Leonardo da Vinci exhibit. And that is just something that is, you know, coming around once. Actually, it came a couple of years ago, and it came back again this time. Um, But it basically displayed all of his inventions and all of the different things that he's created and thought about. And um, it even had a whole room dedicated to the Mona Lisa. So that museum always has really cool exhibits and lots of different things to check out that may not be available, you know, anywhere else in the U.S. even. Yeah, that was a really cool exhibit. You got to see all of the his creations, all of his inventions, everything that he really thought about. And it's like... Boy, I wonder if that guy was alive nowadays. He'd probably be, like, a major force in the world. Mm -hmm. 
And these, the Museum of Nature and Science has a lot of kid-friendly stuff, too. So this mm-hmm. exhibit had a lot of hands-on and different things you could try out to see how the inventions actually worked. So the museum also has an Egyptian exhibit with two legit Egyptian mummies and many authentic antiquities. My friend Zach actually has a soft spot for Egyptian stuff, so he loves to come see this every time he can. They have some things that they release every once in a while about the Egyptians, like they actually took the mummies and put them in an MRI machine to see what was like hidden underneath, and it exposed a lot of things that they didn't know about. They also have the wildlife halls, which is kind of your generic natural history museum things where you just see these giant dioramas of animals that are extinct and living. So it's like an indoor, non-moving, non-dangerous, non-smelly zoo. Nice. (laughs) All right. I know that the museum also contains a number of hidden secrets that visitors can search for. Um, You can actually download four different downloadable scavenger hunts, um, sort of like maps. And uh, one of the museum's diorama painters painted eight elves in his works, and they're sort of hidden throughout the museum. And you can go and search for them and print off the scavenger hunts and and check those out. It's really cool. And something that's just kind of cool for my nerdness is in the IMAX lobby at the museum, they have several painted pictures hidden on the walls, all relating to Star Wars. So you can kind of just go scope it out and see what you can find. All right, so now we're going to talk about the Denver Art Museum. And I'm a huge fan of, of art museums. I used to love to go to the, the Dallas Museum when we lived in Texas. And um, I'm a little bit of an art nerd. And I always like to say if I didn't go into accounting, which is what I did in my past life, <laughs> I would have been an artist. So Talk we, about difference right there, I accounting know. and artist. Well, <laughs> artists don't make money. So I was like, <laughs> how can I make the most money? Let me do accounting. Um, So the Denver Art Museum is something that we visit often. It's known for its Native American art and diverse collection of 70,000 works from across all different centuries in the world. Um, The main building is actually really cool. They've been expanding it and they have lots of different sections now and different buildings that you can go see. But the main one itself is unique because it was actually inspired by the Rocky Mountains. And there are no right angles, and none of the walls or the planes run parallel or perpendicular to each other. So all of the um, rooms that you go in and all the art that you see are in the rooms that are totally different angles, and they're all different kinds of shapes. And it's really cool to walk through because the building itself is almost like a piece of art. Agreed. And they also have a lot of exhibits that come through, like... uh, Didn't we go see Degas Mm -hmm. not too long ago? Mm -hmm. And we saw a big exhibit about him. So, And in the summer, they're actually, so summer of 2019, they're actually having a Monet exhibit come as well from from across the seas. Wow. They have lots of cool stuff there. So again, kind of heading back towards Boulder is the CU Museums, which we have talked about in a previous episode. Uh, There's the CU Museum of Natural History. It's home to a huge insect and fossil collection. There is a heritage center, the CU Heritage Center, and it has a stunning architecture gallery, and the CU Art Museum, which has a diverse collection of items encompassing over 10,000 years of human history. The cool thing about these is all of these are open to visitors for just a suggested donation, so you could be a cheapskate and just kind of walk in there and not pay anything. Or pay a few bucks. Or not pay anything. (laughs) I'm saying you could. I'm not saying you should. Yes. (laughs) So this is one that I actually went to a lot as a kid. It's the May Natural History Museum here in Colorado Springs. 
It is actually the largest private insect collection in the world. And like I said, I used to come here a lot as a kid, and it never really grossed me out. They're just those bugs that are like jammed in there with like a tack against a wall. Hmm. And they have a lot of butterflies, which I had no idea you could have so many bugs with so many colors. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty cool. I had to check that out. It is actually really neat. So while we're on the topic of beating the summer heat, um, let's talk about some of our favorite ice cream spots or places that we like to get some ice cream. We've mentioned this in our Boulder episode, but we do love Sweet Cow, and that is in Boulder. There's also a location in Denver um, near Sloan Lake, which we've talked about before. But anyway, they have really awesome, unique types of ice cream, so you can get, I mean... They rotate out their menu, so you may not get the same thing every time, but you always have the option to try out lots of different blends. So there's also a place called Milk Roll Creamery in Denver, and it's Thai-styled rolled ice cream that has a lot of fun Asian flavors and toppings. The interesting thing about this is they use something called an anti-griddle, which is instead of a griddle that is very hot where you'd cook like pancakes and stuff, it's an anti-griddle that is very cold. So what they'll do is they'll take liquid ice cream in its like base form put it on the anti-griddle and it'll freeze super quickly and then they scrape it and roll it and it's rolled up like literally like a snail shell and it's really cool because you can kind of create what flavor you want then and there because it's still in its liquid form when they're making it that sounds really good so another thing that we mentioned is in colorado springs actually and it's called the colorado creamery that is actually fraught frozen custard yes which is really good that is in manitou springs in fact and um you can actually buy it by like the pint or quart or whatever and take it with so if you go to manitou springs which we talked about in a previous episode too uh, we gave you a virtual tour of that um you can check that out and then take it with you to go and have it all summer long if you've never had frozen custard it's quite different than ice cream and it's kind of better because it's so much like creamier and thicker and it actually is kept at a lower temperature because it's so thick so it's like keep saying thick but it's thick (laughs) it's definitely more creamy (laughs) another one that i just want to throw in there is pinkberry it's not specific to colorado there's pinkberry um chains all across the u.s but we love pinkberry and it is frozen greek yogurt instead of frozen yogurt So we love going there during the summertime and checking that out. There's a couple of locations in Denver. There's not actually any in Boulder that we've been able to find and not in the Colorado Springs either. So you kind of have to like travel to get to one. But totes worth it. Just saying. Because it kind of is like a lighter thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And fresh toppings and fresh fruit and nuts and stuff like that. It's really good. So I know that you've had some heat stroke here before, or I guess it was heat sickness. Stroke would be pretty major. What are some like good tips for you? So some summertime safety tips that we should definitely talk about is how dry the heat is here. So it's really easy to get dehydrated. It, you start sweating a lot, but you don't actually know you're sweating. You just basically start stinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you start sweating a lot and you don't. if you don't replenish your body with a lot of that water, it can get really hot really fast. And you can. You can start really um, feeling exhausted And, you know, feeling really pale. Can you feel pale? Well, you can be pale. Um, Get muscle cramps, tiredness, weakness, headaches for sure, nausea. Like, all of those things come with symptoms of heat exhaustion. So, definitely want to drink a lot of water. I also want to say wear sunscreen. Yes. That is one thing that I didn't realize moving here that I would need to wear so much. 
Um, even if you feel like you do really well in the sun, it can just beat down on your head and your ears and your neck and your shoulders. And it is really hot. And so wear a hat too. I always wear a hat, sunglasses, all those things that can cause you to squint a lot can cause a lot of headaches too. So those are just some of the things that I try and keep in mind. Sunscreen is a very good point. It's something that I do terrible at. I'm like, oh no, I'll be fine. We're not we're only spending like 15 hours in the sun for in like one setting, right? I'll be good. Mm-hmm. Nope. I suffer all the way through. Is there anything else we want to add before we wrap up the show? Beating the Colorado heat is no joke. But it's not too hard either if you get up into the mountains. And there's enough water that you can just kind of stay cool all the time. Mm-hmm. It's true. Once you can get into the shade and stuff like that, it actually is not that unbearable in Colorado with the nice, like, we have a lot of wind here, nice cool breezes, all those things really help. But hopefully these will give you some ideas to beat the heat. All right. Um, at the end of every show, we like to end with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado. This is our frugal on the front range section. In the town of Golden, just a short drive from Denver, you can get free admission to the Golden History Museum and Park for all of 2019. A private donor has actually made free admission possible this year to celebrate the museum's 80th birthday. You can check out cabins from the 1800s, a historical one-room school, and a flock of heirloom chickens at the History Park. And in the museum, you can learn about Golden's unique history and epic timeline of events and even see some rare historical objects. All for free because of its 80th anniversary. So speaking of Golden, you could actually probably go to the Coors Brewery and do a tour. That would probably keep you cool. It'd be a brewery curry. Wait, no, that's lame. (laughs) (laughs) But it would be a fun, like, daytime adventure to go to Golden, check out the History Museum and Park, and maybe even go on a Coors Brewery tour. Yeah. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. To learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like the show, please leave a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you all enjoy. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, get out there.